as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, it's been a process trying to figure out where we fit in this marketplace. We look for interesting people, and then you kind of hand it over to them. Like, yeah, this person is so fascinating, and they have an expertise. Uh, so it'll be an easy conversation to God, you know. But what I want to try and do is start to be more consistent with the Cut Talk Radio in terms of making it more of like the, you know, the South Central Community Radio type deal where we cover more local stuff. So that's what we're going to try to do. And, and I mean, you know, we're always trying to expand the team and things like that. It's just, uh, I think the beginning of anything is kind of difficult because when you first, like if you start a job, for example, right, let's say you started, like imagine, imagine trying to start a job but instead of, instead of like, you know, usually you go for the first day, let's say you work in the grill or something, you got to go then they'll train you on the spot. And then, you know, maybe after a week or something, the job's not that difficult, then you're going to get the hang of it. Uh, but everybody does their part, you know, and then you just do your part and then that's what you're getting paid for, essentially. But what I'm learning with like business and things like that, or just any crew well, Music has always been like that, you know, as long as I've been uh, making music or whatever, just uh, creative endeavors, I guess you could call them, you know, things like that. What One thing I've noticed is that anytime you get creative and you want to turn it into something commercial, for example, right? It's like, it, it, if you don't already have, like I mentioned, like that team of people that are playing their part and then you can just come in and become a part of that machine. Well, then it's a real, um, a part of the plan becomes, or a part of the process becomes trying to fill in those roles or you yourself having to learn how to fill in those roles. In music, for example, it's like production. You need to know how to find beats, whether you're going to be uh, getting beats off of YouTube for YouTube beats or buying beats from producers. Uh, so you got that. Then you got to lay down your vocals, obviously. And then you got to, uh, you know, get them mixed and mixed and engineered or, or depending on how you know what you want to do, or some sometimes people, I don't know if it happens so much now, because I think that technology advances so much, and people become so hip to the technology that um, that you can get a lot of similar quality artists. For example, I think is a good way to put it. Yeah, like you could get a lot of like this was this is something that was already going on for a little while, where like for example with Young Thug, right? You were getting Young Thug. And then you would get people that would come after and they would all say, oh, it's just a plunk, the same style, you know. And then it's like maybe that, obviously there's a bit of that where you're like, oh, all right, the style is being mimicked to some point, to some degree. Like they're just listening to it and then trying to recreate that product, you know, in this example, Young Thug. But what it ends up being is like everybody's following everybody's thing as a process, like, that's how the music industry is today, for example, right? You got people, and then they say they're breaking new artists, but the new artist is really somebody who's probably already got a team behind them. You know, I heard this with Ice Spice recently. They were talking about how um, how Ice Spice had came up, you know, and now she's popping, she's, she's viral. I mean, she's everywhere, you know. I can't go on Instagram without seeing Ice Spice. And, and one of the interesting things in that was that she as a team, you know, and I and I think that's she had a team, excuse me, already when that whole month song came out and then that whole thing became a, a, a movement. You know, now more than ever, I think back back in the days, let me think about this for a second. Yeah, I think I would say back in the days because when it comes to market and selling things and consumerism and 
let's say like what you're seeing on your phone versus the reality is that there has to be some uh invisible wall between that and your life and what you don't see is usually the secret so now my point is back in the days i think a lot of the secret was the person themselves in the sense of and and uh, this is an evolving point in my head right now so stick with me as i try to go through this might have to flip it a little bit but really what i'm talking about here is how entertainment as a whole you know and again this all stems from us trying to figure out like okay with in the cut radio cut talk podcasts okay we're building these we're trying to make these we're trying to create content that we could uh educate motivate and inspire people with like okay that's one way to do that and you can do that just by being yourself but then it's like you also want to make sure you're entertaining people back to the point so again like with the size spice example right like back in the days you would have like michael jackson you would have like these big stars but it was but fame was even more scarce back then. So it was being a celebrity in itself was was kind of like a part of the was a part of the magic. Like just saying you're a celebrity made you a celebrity in some sense because nobody was thinking about like, oh, I'm going to be a celebrity. It's like celebrities back then were like the chosen ones. Like you were kind of like unless you're an actor, you wanted to be an actor, you wanted to be a musician. But it was a lot less of like, oh, that's this like nowadays you know people go viral and then or someone breaks or something like that and then right away you just maybe because of the internet you just kind of find out who they were uh whereas you know like back in the days and i remember this because half of my life was pretty much like internet and half of it wasn't you know half of it was just old school tv watching commercials you know the way we they used to do things and i mean to some people my bad, I had to fix My bad, I had to. All right, we have technical difficulties with the wires. We should be good. But no, back then, you know, it was like, it was more like, like stars were stars. They were rare. And now it's more of the goal to be that way. And over time, it's become understood and it's become repetitive in the way that they make stars. Not only that, but because there's a monopoly over things like the music industry, like streams, for example, you've got a few play you <clears throat> uh like when things if you use streaming if we use streaming platforms, for example, you've got the big three, what title, Apple Music and Spotify, and then SoundCloud, Pandora, okay, maybe five, but and there's a few more, but the point is that the market itself is limited in terms of how you uh, for a new artist, collect royalties, but, you know, um, and again, these are all technical terms, you know, these are all market terms, back, backdoor things, but, uh, at the end of the day, this is how stars are created, rather than, you know, how they're, and this is how you have, um, you know, like, people throw, People throw around the term industry plan, for example. And, you know, an industry plan is kind of an overused term nowadays. It's pretty much anybody who people think that sucks, that's getting too much shine in some sense. Or people feel like they're getting too much shine. But, you know, what an industry plan really is, is just 
that, you know, it's someone planted within the industry by uh, people who work within the industry. So in some sense, you know, you get like uh, some CEO's kid or you get somebody, a, m a member or a nephew or a cousin of somebody who's working within one of the labels. And then you tell them, hey, we're going to blow you up. And, you know, we just want a, a big split of your stuff. and We're going to do a 360 deal. We're going to have you on tour and we're going to have, you know, we're going to put the big record label on your mixtape. And <coughs> Oh, God. They're trying to take me up. And they're like, oh, you know, we're going to brand it. We're going to distribute it. And it's all going to, you know, this is all going to end with you being the star of the operation while while behind the scenes people are making bread off of this music. And that's how you milk it. That's how the higher-ups and the people within the industry kind of get, keep that wealth in some sense. You know, they get into that process of building the generational overlapping wealth, things like that. And it's all because, you know, people game, people get into the system, they move up, and then they game it once they're in there because they're, they figure, hey, I might as well. You know, because in some sense, it's really no different from somebody getting becoming the CEO of a company and giving their friend a job because they feel like, oh, well, I have the opportunity to control who, who's um, in this situation. I'm going to give it to somebody that I know, somebody that, that that I care about, you know, somebody that I feel like deserves it, that I know personally deserves it or something like that. But in most cases, or at least in some cases, what happens is you get people cutting the line, you get people that are working real hard. I mean, you know, like coming from the hood, for example, I mean, there's a lot of talent in the hood. There's a lot of talent in the ghetto. And the obstacle is, well, there's seemingly like a few spots. Like, you know, I mean, there's only so many record labels. There's only so many deals. There's only so much money within those record labels that can be spent on signing artists. So, you know, you either get... And that's the advantage with the big labels. Like, you know, they have this ability. And it's, it transcends throughout industries really it's not just a music industry it's the product of a very successful executives that are already in places within the industry and this this goes this is just something that's universal throughout systems throughout industries you know right now i'm using the music industry because you know like i said to go all the way back to the ice spice example it's like ice spice was created in some sense you know but i wouldn't say she's an industry plant she was just surrounded by people who were and you know that's the fine line that it's like if you grab go and grab somebody off the street and what you see in them is the appeal, for example, like you see the appeal in them as an artist, right? Like maybe they're an attractive person. Maybe they have the style that fits that trend or the style that fits the current culture or something like that. Then, you know, that. It's like we've got everything, we just don't got the character. We've got the marketing, we've got the distribution, we've got the guys that are going to make the beats, we've got the, the guys that are shoot the videos. All we're missing is a character to be the rapper, you know? And, a lot, and that's what's going on nowadays because it's like, it's really that. It's like, oh, oh, oh you just become the chosen one. You know, like Cardi B was similar to that, right? It's like she got chosen to be that, to be that woman in rap. You know, and, and and that's the thing, you know, it's like in those situations, and that's what I would say, that leans more towards of a iffy situation versus somebody who's already in the industry. They have a family member, and then through nepotism or something like that, they just get straight in.
uh, through the connections they have. That I would consider that more more of an industry plant ish type territory. But at the end of the day, it's really all one category. You know, it's like you've got people that are complete outsiders, and then you got people who are seemingly outsiders, but really got some inside connections. And you got people that are pretty much 50-50 inside and outside. And then you got people who play both fields, which is kind of the same thing. And then you got people that front and act like they're organic when they really got all this push because they, because, you know, the truth is, like, uh, if the statement is, I'm working hard, I'm hustling, I'm grinding for this, then that's not a hard criteria to fill necessarily. But you can have two people that are grinding, right? You got two people that are grinding and one person just has the people around them that are like when they're grinding, those people are seeing them and then they're lifting them up and that's just pure opportunity. And then that's what I'm saying. I don't know if I would call that a plant in that situation, like where the person just happens to be in the right place at the right time to get the look from the right people to then be elevated to a higher position. You know, that seems more circumstantial. But you could have two people that are grinding, you know, you could have two people that are from the bottom, you know, they, they got really clean bars. Maybe they got a good style, things like that. And it just doesn't translate because there's something missing, right? Because in order to be successful in the complete total sense in some way, you've got to have everything. You can't have one thing, uh, you know, for the most part. And, and, and except in those situations where, like I said, there's some very special people like Prince, like Michael Jackson, like uh, Lil Wayne, like, uh, you know, uh, Eminem. People that kind of transcend where it's like just they're so unique in who they are and what they represent that them alone is enough to to hold uphold the brand by itself. It's like, oh, as long as it's Snoop Dogg or whatever, then it's like that's Snoop Dogg. It doesn't matter what he does. That's, it's associated with him as a brand, which is interesting, you know, and that's more of, that was more of, again, like the, uh, let's go all the way back to the reference that I was making between old and new. You know, back in the days, entertainment seemed to be more, a little bit more art, artsy, a little bit more creative, even in the way people expressed themselves. A lot of things were very unique in terms of graphics, in terms of what you saw. Now, and I hear this, I hear uh, this come up in conversation where people say things like buildings, for example. It's like society itself has become kind of cookie cutter. And what we've done is we've devolved from figuring out new ways to just kind of collapsing in on the ways that we know and then just exhausting those until people get catch on and then get over it and every once in a while that's what happens it's like once people start to catch on it's like there's a subtle shift into a new thing a new trend and uh that's something more recent i think you know especially with like the internet age of like they'll push a meme or a meme will have you know i don't know it's like memes just come out of nowhere like the big bang like it's just one day you wake up and there's a new meme and then like back well maybe four or five years ago it's like you had the memes would last and it's like a, people's attention spans are getting shorter like you know back then you would have a meme that would last maybe a couple months like the spongebob meme things like that's the one that comes to, to my mind because some of those are pretty funny and then it's like now it's like people are getting more you know they're getting more demanding of of things to fulfill their attention in the shorter spats it's kind of strange to think about it but the, the market dictates i don't know if it's like a i would have to think about it a little bit more than right now but just off the top of my head i don't 
I don't know exactly what's going on in terms of like, is it people like what I just said, people are just in more, in more demand to have their attention fulfilled or is the market creating at such an, such a high rate that people's minds are starting to mimic the market in some sense. I mean, I don't know. Economy, economy has a big effect on people. I think more than they know. And, um, you know, yeah, I think as things are changing, you know, people are changing and, and obviously when people change, systems change. Uh, but what seems to, again, like what I mentioned is what seems to remain the same is the, the method, you know, the one, two, three method. Like there's a few things that are always going to be universal in terms of if you want to start a band, you need the drummer, you need the, <clears throat> the bassist, the guitarist, lead vocalist. You need a few fundamental parts. And then... Uh, and then... When when you have like that, it's such a cookie-cutter method like we do nowadays. It's like a lot of the shift goes into the marketing. And marketing nowadays is a very strange thing because... But it's not strange, it's just more... It's like convoluted. Like you don't know exactly what is a marketing campaign. You don't know what is it. You don't know. Do I like this person because. I don't know. That's something that's new because. But it's, it's just more intense now. Because people are looking at screens more often. So therefore they're being uh, conditioned more often. By the things that they're seeing on their screens. You know but even. Even when people didn't have a screen to look at. You know, if you were walking around the street, you were looking at ads on the stops, on the, on a sign, for example, on a billboard, on the bus stop, on the side of the bus. You know, it's like that's those things have always been worth money, which is interesting because you, you can't just like you would assume or, you know, if you kind of think about it, like how could you possibly say that? The something putting something on the side of a bus is worth money. Like, what? Why is it worth money, or why is putting a billboard worth money? Or nowadays, why is running an ad online worth money? Why is that something that you can charge for? Why is that something that may be lucrative? It's because, well, that's how people's attention is garnered. And if you make a product that has enough uh, potential for virality, for example, or something that creates or you have evidence for things that in that what's the word? If you have uh, proof, psychological proof that certain things bring out certain emotions, certain actions. Like if there's, if you see, for example, that okay, if these elements are in an ad, people are more likely to spend money. People are more likely to shop. If we practice this, this, this. If we do this, this, and this. If we run emails, for example. People are more likely to become accustomed with who we are as a brand. Things like that. And that's all a part of the competition of the market. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think I I just want to talk about that a little bit because I, I I consume a lot of old media and new media and I think it's interesting how that's changing and it's a conversation that I think uh people are gonna be having throughout the years. Like even though you may not notice it right away. Like the other day, I was watching old school commercials because sometimes you'll have a compilation of, on, you know, I'm on YouTube just scrolling, watching random shit. And then one thing that comes up is like 90s commercials. I'm watching and I'm just thinking about like, you know, commercials used to be kind of sophisticated. And now it's just words and images. 
and and it's like because you just don't have the same time like people are sitting down you know like back in the days when you were watching tv well number one you knew people were watching like the the networks right fox nbc all these people they knew that uh people were watching tv number one they were that was one of that's the only thing you could do is watch tv you didn't have a phone to watch so if you you know it the people who were being entertained in America were either watching TV or reading newspapers, you know, or reading books, um, for the most part, magazines when they were coming out. It was kind of the same thing as newspapers. But the point is that when you had when you had all the eyes on the same medium on the same few channels, that was a monopoly over attention. And that and that creates camaraderie, you know. As we see today, it's the same thing, except people just because there's so many different niches and so many different communities, you just find smaller groups and more groups. Back then, it was just less groups because there was more of a focus on what the marketing was around. And um, you know, like I said, you know, it was you knew people were gonna watch TV, so you knew that if you put the ad on the TV, it was gonna be watched. You know, somebody's watching, for example, Fear Factor back in the days, and then it cuts to commercial. That's, you know, you got a few minutes to run a commercial where a person might get out, they might go to the restroom, they might go do something, um, you know, might come in and out, or they're going to sit there and watch the commercials, which is something that people used to do back then. Sounds kind of crazy now. nowadays to think of just sitting there and watching a commercial because uh, you kind of had to, so the commercial had to be kind of, as entertaining as the program tv program in some sense and then there was just some commercials that were just pretty boring and whatever and you just you know like whatever like medicine commercials and things like that but yeah i mean i don't know business is a fascinating thing and and i don't know i guess i just wanted to kind of come on here and chop it up a little bit you know it's been a while we've been away from the the radio here but we're trying to figure it out you know it's just the process of figuring things out I want to be transparent with the audience, and I always want to communicate and let everybody know what's going on. But yeah, man, uh, coming live to you from South Central, as always, South Central's next biggest. You know how people always put names on shits and titles, so our title's going to be, for now, I don't know if it's even going to make it to the next episode, but for now, I'm just going to, claiming the title, South Central's number one Hold on. South Central's number one podcast. Wow, yeah, all right. We'll just take that. We're just going to take South Central's number one podcast. Cut Talk Radio, South Central's number one podcast. That's been another episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the conversation. Make sure you guys comment, reply. We need people on here. We want people on here. Come talk to us. Chop it up. Let us know how you're feeling. Let us know what you're thinking. And yeah, take care. Peace.